Welcome to the Hero Maker Podcast. I'm Andrea Shreeman, writer, director, EP, living in LA. I'm Jennifer Morrison, and I currently serve as the Commissioner of Public Safety for the state of Vermont. We are here to seek out and tell the full story of our friends who were murdered in college, Rachel Raver and Warren Fulton III. We really need to make sure that their deaths were not in vain and that every possible lesson and improvement for the system can be squeezed from the retelling of the circumstances that ultimately led to the identification of their killer. Good morning, Andrea. You can say good morning to me. Yes. Oh, and happy birthday. I can just say happy birthday. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I want to say hello to everyone who's listening and welcome them to case update number six. This is our closing episode of season two. I can't believe it. Can you? I can actually. This has been a great season with some edifying and expansive episodes. I agree. But before we review those episodes in this last segment, we do have a few things to share. Number one, if you've been listening, you know that we're up for four People's Choice Podcast Awards this month, July 2023. So many of you have taken time out of your day to nominate the Hero Maker podcast, and we thank you, not only for listening, but for supporting our efforts in this way. Yes, thank you so much. I know it's an extra step, but we really appreciate you nominating us in the following four categories. People's Choice, Best Female Hosted Podcast, Storytelling and Drama, and True Crime. It's very easy to vote, and all the info you need is in the description of today's podcast. Voting ends on July 31st. What else are we announcing today, Andrea? Okay, I'm really pumped about this one. Today's episode has a sponsor. Oh, here's my drum roll. (laughs) Thank you, Jennifer, for that drum roll. Our drummer, Jennifer Morrison. (laughs) Thank you, Christopher Barkley and Nicholas Bugs at Bonsai Creative for making today's episode possible. Nick and Chris understand what it takes to bring an independent media vision into public consciousness. And through their work at Bonsai Creative and the Make It podcast, they profile lots of creative people who successfully make independent media projects like the Hero Maker podcast. So Jennifer, they've invited us to be on their show. Ooh, very nice. When's that happening? I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be a good one. But just so people know, you can find the Make It podcast on all podcast apps, and you can watch it on YouTube by searching for at Make It Podcast. Sounds great. Thank you, Nick and Chris, for supporting the Hero Maker podcast. Yes, we appreciate you. So today, we are reviewing the last segment of episodes from Season 2, Episodes 27, 28, 29, and 30. There were two wonderful police leaders, Chief Jeff Zwoboda from Fort Collins, Colorado PD, and Detective Lieutenant Mike Hasty of the Criminal Investigations Division of Clearwater, Florida Police Department in those episodes. So I brought you Chief Zwoboda, that was Episode 27, and you brought me Mike Hasty, that was Episode 29. Jen, what stands out for you about our time with Mike and Jeff? Well, on the would I have a beer with them meter, both Jeff and Mike scored at the tippy top. Chief Swoboda from Fort Collins is really doing some innovative work, particularly with a relatively new officer training program. He described a daytime program or academy so trainees can go home at night. This program is run entirely by staff from his department. It includes important local history as part of the training and focuses quite a bit on the soft skills needed for community interaction, the peace officer side of the job. Mm -hmm. That was a really beautiful conversation, and it echoed the progressive policing ideals that we've heard about 
when we talked to Ronnell Higgins from Yale Public Safety and when we spoke with Bill Bratton. And then in episode 29, we talked to Detective Lieutenant Mike Hasty from Clearwater, and he dropped knowledge not only regarding the investigative profession, but also about living in a two-person first responder family. Yes, Mike has made an incredible career for himself through hard work, professionalism, and chasing his dream. He spent many years as a homicide detective before becoming the commander of the Major Crimes Division. I am honored to say that I knew him and spotted his potential when he was a young patrol officer. Those conversations were very inspiring, and we have several more extraordinary police leaders lined up for season three. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to that. In this segment, we also shared two episodes related to Rachel and Warren's case, and they were really impactful. In episode 28, we spoke with three now adult women who were part of the George Washington University women's soccer program at the time of Warren and Rachel's deaths. Kate Steinhilber Lunger was co-captain with you at the time. Elsa Aviza Oberg was one of the younger players, but had a really great connection to Rachel and became close with her family. And Cheryl Walters Helmuth was barely a college graduate herself and assistant coach of the team at the time of Rachel's death. So this was an episode that felt like a long time coming. Like many of our survivor conversations, this felt very healing all around. I was struck by how impactful Rachel and Warren's murders were for each of them and how their memories live on to this day. One thing that really stood out was how we each remembered this experience with slightly different details. Some of the details seemed very specific and easy to recall, but most memories felt foggy and soft around the edges. But nonetheless, there was a strong shared feeling and a real bond during this interview. Yeah, and it was just really great to see everyone, to hear from Kate and Elsa and Cheryl, to hear some new things that we didn't know from their perspective, and to learn how these formative experiences shaped each of them and you. I mean, all of us, really. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies. Yes, thanks for speaking with us and representing the GWU women's soccer team from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Finally, in episode 30, the last interview in season two, we met Peter Greenspun, who was one of the private defense attorneys who was appointed to represent Warren and Rachel's killer in court in what turned out to be three Fairfax, Virginia trials that took place over 2007 and 2008. We know that Prieto, though defended rigorously by Peter and his partner, Jonathan Shapiro, did receive a second death penalty in Virginia. Right. And that second penalty, the first one was in California. He had already been on death row for 14 years, awaiting execution for the gruesome rape and murder of Yvette Woodruff, which occurred 18 months after Warren and Rachel's event. Episode 30 is filled with so much firsthand information about Prieto and and about the Virginia trials. It's really best heard from Peter himself. But focusing on what new information I learned, mostly the new stuff was a lot of biographical information about Prieto, where he came from, what likely contributed to his disassociation, which of course is not meant to be an excuse for his heinous crimes. Yeah, I was surprised that Peter actually cataloged the several other murders and rapes that were lined up after these trials to potentially hold Prieto accountable for. Yes, once his DNA was in the system and hit on all those cases in 2005, it it seemed like an endless litany of bad deeds that Prieto could and possibly would have been tried for. We've mentioned them all in previous episodes, but one thing I definitely want to note from talking to Peter is that, like many of our other guests on the Hero Maker podcast, he mentioned Rachel's mother, 
Veronica Raver as a standout figure in these trials. He mentioned that she sat behind him every day. Mm-hmm. And that he sensed if she could have jumped over the seats to get to Prieto, she would have. Yes, her anger and sadness were palpable. But Peter also expressed tremendous respect for Mrs. Raver and empathy. I'm not sure that she counts as hidden, but now is a good time to acknowledge Mrs. Raver as a true hero who emerged in our review of the history of these crimes and adjudication. I really wish I could have met her. I did meet her. And just like Rachel, she was lively and spirited, a true firecracker. R.I.P. Mrs. Raver. Is there anything else you'd like to add about our time with Peter Greenspun? Well, I really enjoyed the interview much more than I expected and learned a lot from Peter. He certainly represents the defense bar extremely well. Yeah, I think the one thing that I want to say is that I'm still grappling with what you described as if you're for Rachel and Warren, you know, you're either for them or against them. I still have those feelings of as we get into this zone of potentially humanizing their killer, which, you know, he brought some clear biographical details that you can see how they contributed to his disassociation. I'm actually really grappling with that right now. Well, I, th- I think that's okay. It's okay to because it feels like a conflict. I, I talked about that in real time in the episode. Yeah. 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 But speaking with him was totally in line with our commitment to telling as much of a 360 degree story view of Rachel and Warren's case. And he provided an important balance to that journey. He did indeed. This has been an incredible season, Andrea. Thanks for all your good work. You too, Jen. Thank you. It's an honor to walk this path with you, and I'm learning so much and healing along the way and feeling a little emotional about ending season two. And I wanted to let you know and our audience know that I am now directly in touch with this person on death row. We are texting through the Getting Out app, and we have a lot more really cool stuff lined up for season three. That's great. Thank you to everyone for listening and being part of the Hero Maker family. Please look for us to return in the fall. And to you, Jen, and everyone out there, let's all remember to stay safe. And take care of each other. Thank you, Vicki Rose Sampson, our beloved sound mixer and editor. Thanks also to producer Michael Doherty, who distributes and markets the show. Thanks to graphic designer Junglene Bay and sound designer Andy Bill. And thanks to Andrea Schreeman. Yep, that's me thanking myself in the third person, who books, produces, and directs the show. Please subscribe to the Hero Maker podcast wherever you listen and take a moment to rate us. It really helps the podcast grow. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Hero Maker Pod. If you'd like to collaborate or suggest a guest, please email us at media at theheromakerpodcast.com. The Hero Maker Podcast is a production of Prudent Pictures. Thank you so much for listening. Williamson County Cultural Arts Commission of Franklin, Tennessee wishes to thank our men and women in blue who help us deliver safe and fun family and community cultural events year-round, including one of the only authentic bluegrass festivals in the country. Bluegrass Along the Harvest takes place every July and at the Williamson County Fair in August and at the annual Tennessee International Independent Film Festival. Check out our full calendar of events at WCCAC-TN.org.